Well, good, good morning again. My name is David McMinn, and I'm so glad to be here and to share this, this morning with you. Uh, Pastor Jim ha- has so graciously uh, invited me to preach uh, and make sure, uh, I don't know what the result of the Packers game is, but I did notice this morning that the Packers had tied the Bears in their all-time winningest club. And so if the Packers win today, make sure you give Jim a hard time when he gets back about uh, um, his team uh, no longer being the all-time winningest team in the history of the NFL. So... Um, but yeah, so today we're talking about grief, and grief is not just when we uh, lose a person that we love. Uh, grief happens when we change jobs. Grief happens uh, when we lose our job. Grief happens with any major life change. And I was talking to Zach before, and it's just a part of life. You know, we love, and, and one of the costs of love is that things that we love and people that we love often uh, leave our life for many different reasons. And so we all go through it. And it is vital that we don't ignore our grief, but we actually deal with it, because when we don't deal with it, even worse things happen. And as a seven on the Enneagram, my, my students love the Enneagram. It's just a personality test, and, and no personality test is perfect. But on the Enneagram, I think it nails me perfect. Sevens are the ones that always want to have fun all the time, and they definitely don't want to deal with their emotions, and they specifically do not want to deal with their difficult emotions. And Ma- Michelle can tell you that I do not like dealing with difficult emotions. I'm okay with other people's difficult emotions, but I would just be much preferred if I didn't have them. And then occasionally she even has to tell me like, David, it's okay. You can feel this way. This is what humans do. You are not a robot. (laughs) But it's incredibly important that we talk about these things, that we normalize it. I tell my students all the time that it's okay to cry at the Texas Wesley. I think that crying is important, that grieving is important, that feeling our emotions are important. Because when we don't, then again, bad things happen. And I'm going to show you a clip. I'm a huge uh, superhero fan, especially Marvel. And there was a show during the pandemic, and it was WandaVision. And I think that it nails what we're talking about, this concept of grief and of not dealing with your grief incredibly well. And and the main character is Wanda Maximoff. She has is incredibly powerful. Uh, The person that she loves is killed by Thanos in Avengers Endgame. And yes, that is a spoiler, but if you haven't watched it, it was like five years ago, so that's on you. Um... But uh, so the whole thing is that she creates this fantasy world at, that we all often do when we're struggling with grief. We create fantasy worlds. But with her, because she has superpowers, her fantasy world becomes a reality. So if you will play the clip for us. She has not, again, dealt with her grief. Uh, and she's created this world, and it's actually getting worse. Like, it, it doesn't, you can't just live in a fantasy world where uh, things are the way that you wish they were. And things are continually getting worse. And she continues, what is really tragic about the story is that her grief not only hurts her, but because she doesn't deal with it, she hurts all these other people in the process. Most of you, I I think that a lot of things that I'm talking about can understand on on one level or another. We've all dealt with pain. We've all dealt with loss. Again, grief isn't just necessarily losing a loved one. It, It can be many different things. It can be just a change, a life change that you're going through. And, and today, my goal isn't to give you a few steps, uh, you know, a, a three-step plan on how you can deal with grief better, um, but to just be honest and to name it, because I think that's what Scripture does, and to talk about God and our relationship and how God shows up in our grief and how we're called to show up for one another when we're struggling and we're in pain and we're grieving, and that maybe as you work through it with God, you can realize that there will be a day where you'll feel a little bit better and you can feel joy again in your life and that God will be with you through it all. 
So our story today, uh, it comes from the book of Ruth, which is a really interesting book. For those who are reading through the Bible with, with Rockbridge right now, you've read this, this book. And it's, it's squarely between Judges and Samuel. And it's just this little peculiar story that is just a few chapters long. And it starts off with this woman named Ruth and her husband who have two sons and they move to Moab. And then her husband dies and her sons marry uh, two Moabite women. And then the two sons die. And so all that is left is Ruth and her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. I mean, I'm not sorry, Naomi and her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And Unfortunately, in this particular time of the world, widows did not have a lot of rights. They had not a lot of power. Women couldn't hold property. And so it was not a good state to be in as a widow. And in, in Ruth's mind, she has nothing to offer her daughters, these daughters-in-law. And, and, and tells them so. It's like, you need to go and you need to find Moabite men and get remarried so that they can be taken care of. And, and both of them come back and say, no, we, we want to stay with you. We, wanna, we want to support you because we know this is tough for you too. And, and Ruth or Naomi again says, no, I want you to go back to your people. And Orpah, even in her sadness, goes back. But Ruth says, and it's, it's an incredibly profound thing. And now Ruth's names are really important in this story. Ruth means companion. And Ruth says to Naomi, I will go where you go. I will stay where you stay. And your gods will be my gods. It's one of the most powerful lines, I think, in all of Scripture although I say that a lot as pastor. There's a lot of really powerful lines in Scripture. But I will go where you go, I will stay where you stay, and, I will worship, and your gods will be my gods. And so they travel back to, uh, to Israel, to Bethlehem actually, and to Naomi's people. And this is, these aren't Ruth's people. Ruth's people are the Moabites. And they go back, and they're like, oh, that's Naomi. And then we have our, our Scripture. And she says, don't call me Naomi. But call me Mara. For the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has returned me empty. Why would you call Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has deemed me guilty? Now, a lot of things going on in this, this short scripture. Uh, Naomi's name, the name Naomi means pleasantness. Uh, it can also mean full or abundant. So when she's talking about, I went away full, I had everything. I had a husband, I had kids, and I have returned, and I am bitter. What better way to talk about grief? Like she literally changes her name. Don't, you knew me as Naomi. That was who I was. I'm no longer that person. Now call me Mara, because Mara literally means bitter. And that's the process that we go to. When we lose someone that we love, when we have a life-changing event, and we're going through grief, we cry out to God and we say, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, for I am bitter. And what's really interesting, in these times of intense pain, she is able to cry out to God in her anger and she blames God. And that's okay. We're going to get more into that in a moment. But she is able to be honest with God. She feels like this is God's fault and God's responsibility and that the, the circumstances that she is in, and she is not afraid to share her pain and her anguish with God. But God, who is Emmanuel, God with us, does not abandon us in our loss, in our grief. When we are lost, when we are broken, God understands and God is still with her throughout the story, even when she feels like she's angry with God. I want to talk about that a little bit for a moment. So we have this scripture that is from the voice of Naomi. And according to Naomi, her consequent, her situation 
is direct result of some action on God's part. Now, this viewpoint is called determinism, and it's the idea that God causes everything in our life, good and bad, God causes it all. Now, there are some Christians who believe this. I personally do not. I do not like to say when someone is dealing with suffering that everything happens for a reason. And in a sense, everything does happen for a reason. There is a cause and effect. But a lot of times when we say everything happens for a reason, we mean what Naomi means, what Mara means, is that God has caused your suffering. And I don't believe that. It's not the God that I read in Scripture. It's not the, the God that I understand, a God who is a loving God, a God who, is a, a God who is on our side, a God who is with us, and a God who does not want harm or ill to come into our life. God does not cause our suffering. And now this speaks from Naomi's voice, and I think this is so powerful. This is why Scripture is so amazing, is because it, it shows us people's real and authentic perspective. It shows us a real person. This is not some doctored up language, not some pretty version of scripture about who God is and humans. Grief is a part of life. When we love, we will experience pain in our life. And scripture deals with it. And scripture shows that we can be honest with God and we can cry out to God and say, God, this is all your fault. I am bitter. I'm bitter for what I'm going through. But we don't have to believe that God is the one who's causing every ill in our world because I think God wants good for us and God wants good for our world. And if we look at most of the suffering in the world, it comes from human choices and human acts, not from God. But one thing I will say, and I'll get into more on this in a moment, is that while God does not cause our suffering, that God always redeems our suffering. And so know that when you're going through that low place, when you are grieving, when you are suffering, that God is going to make some good come of it. That's not why you're hurting, but because God is an awesome God and God is a redeemer and God is a God of resurrection, we are going to experience something good on the other side of our pain. And I believe that with the deepest part of who I am. The second piece that I want to talk about is that when we are dealing with suffering, often people try to rush us through the process, right? You don't need to feel the way you're feeling and, and I think it's from a good place, honestly. Like, people want to help us. They know that it doesn't feel good to be suffering. They know that it doesn't feel good. If you're my friend, you know I don't like feeling negative emotions. And so you probably want to usher me through that till I get to the good place. But the thing is, you can't rush grief. And I love in this story that no one says to Naomi, you don't need to be bitter. No one says to Naomi that you need to hurry up. And in fact, she's even at a point, uh, she says, I am empty. I have nothing left. And, and that's kind of insulting to Ruth, who's given up everything. Her, she's also dealing with loss, a loss of a husband. And she's given up everything to take care of Naomi. She's given up everything. And she says that I am empty. But Ruth doesn't take it personally. She knows exactly what Naomi is going through. And no one in this whole process is like, you need to stop being sad. You need to stop feeling this way. They let her feel her feelings and experience them. Because if we try to ignore the hurt, if we just try to jump to the end, if we just try to jump to the conclusion, we're not really healed. We're not really okay. We're just acting. And it often causes more damage in the process. 
And so it's okay if you're hurting, if you have someone you know is hurting, who's grieving a loss, who's going through something really difficult, it's okay to just sit there with them and grieve with them and hurt with them. Don't rush them through the process. The other piece of that thing is, is that you cannot stay in your grief forever. Now, we lose someone that we love, someone that we care about. Our life has changed forever. There is no going back. It doesn't happen. But God wants us to go through our grief to the other side, to a better place. I had a student once say that uh, life is like a roller coaster, right? You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. But you don't want to get stuck on the roller coaster sitting down the low. low. You want to get back up to the high so you can enjoy the rest of life. Or as a country song once put it, when you're going through hell, keep on going so the devil doesn't know you're there. Do you all know that song? Profound, tr- profound truth. It, I, I kid you not, it's profound. When you're going through trouble, keep on going because you don't want to get stuck. And that's where we need people to come alongside us, not to rush us through the process, but to gently encourage us to keep taking a step day after day hour after hour, moment after moment. It doesn't have to be big steps. We want to take those small steps. So don't just stay in it. Don't get stuck like Wanda did and cause more people pain, but keep on moving, keep on dealing with it. So how do we get through it? How do we work through these things? Well, first of all, we have to realize that God will not abandon us. One of the greatest promises of Scripture is this concept of Emmanuel, God with us. And if you look at the story of Scripture, and I hope you're reading through Scripture with us, But you see that God never abandons humanity. Never. We're the ones who make make mistakes. We're the ones who walk away. We're the ones who try to abandon God. And constantly God is returning and God is bringing redemption and hope into their lives. And that's our story. Know that whatever you're going through, God will not abandon you. The greatest story of Scripture is that at our lowest point, that God sent his one and only son into this world that we might have life life eternal. And the reality of that story is that God knows exactly what you're going through when you're hurting because God's own son died on the cross and they felt separation in that moment. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, the Father, God, the Son, who had been with each other all of eternity for our sin chose to allow separation to come between us so that we might have life and life eternal And so these two beings of love that had always been together experienced separation, brokenness, loss, all the things that we experience. So when you are hurting, know that God doesn't just understand what you're going through in a conceptual sense, but God has lived it. Jesus has lived it. God has lived it. God understands your grief, and God is willing to walk with you through the pain. Now, I don't believe God is going to take away how you feel. Sometimes I wish that God would do that, right? Anybody else feel that? I wish God would just wave a wand and take it away. But honestly, I don't think we really do because to do that would be for God to take away our love for that person that we've lost or that thing we've lost. And that's too much a part. We wouldn't want to just lose those memories and those relationships. So God knows that. And God knows the best way for us is to go through it and to walk through it with us. And the second part about that is that we need people like Ruth in our life who are willing to walk with us through those times. I will go where you go. I will stay where you, go, where you stay. And your gods will be my gods. 
these are the kind of friends that we need in our life. These are the kind of family that we need in our life, that no matter how hard it gets, no matter how rough the road is, that they show up. And it's also important for us, the church, and us as people and friends, that we show up for one another. Because you show up for people, and people will show up for you. That's the kind of community that we need, this kind of community that we need to be a part of, this kind of community that we need to live out, not just here at church with each other, but in our neighborhoods, as we are people who show up for one another. One of the most powerful ways that God works in this world is through human beings. One of the most powerful ways that God works in this world is through human beings. And when you're going through grief, God is going to put people in your life that are going to carry your burdens with you. And the last thing I want to talk about is that God always redeems our suffering. It's one of the promises, one of the the true promises of Scripture. All the promises of Scripture are true, but this is one that I think is vital to our understanding of our relationship with God. God will always redeem redeem our suffering. Ruth ends up marrying a man named Boaz. He's the kinsman redeemer, and that's kind of a foreshadowing. That's a whole nother for a Bible study, but foreshadowing Christ. And marries Ruth and is able, now Ruth and Naomi are able to have a house and a family and all those things. Ruth and Boaz, their son is named Obed. Sorry. Obed's son is named Jesse. Jesse's son is named David. God makes good, the greatest good. This David, the king, they're they're promised. God makes that come out of Ruth and Naomi's suffering. God always makes good come from our suffering. You know, this has been, (laughs) this isn't just a story for scripture for me. Sorry if I get emotional. (laughs) Many of you know, a couple years ago, I lost my dad. I've been on a long journey in my life, um, you may or may not know, but I was adopted when I was five years old. My mom's here, loving, great mom, great dad. But one of the things that we as adopted children deal with is this rejection, this concept that we, the people who were supposed to love us the most, our biological parents, gave us up for adoption. And I believe that my parents did it out of their best love for me. It was a great gift. But as a child, it's hard to understand that. Finally start healing from that through the incredible love of a, a mother and a father. My dad was my best friend. We were incredibly close. And about 16 years ago, my father got sick. And I kind of felt like he gave up on life. And in some ways, I felt like he gave up on me. And so all of a sudden, I was dealing with that same rejection all over again. But I didn't deal with it. I had a family. I had a ministry. I had a job. I had had kids. I had dogs. (laughs) And I just shoved it down. And I didn't deal with it. I didn't deal with the pain. I didn't deal with the loss. I didn't deal with the grief. Until my dad passed away. And I got through the funeral. And I thought I was doing fine. And I was not. I was not okay. I was sad. I was bitter. I was doing this job that I love, but I didn't feel it. And I was talking to one of my friends on the phone. His name is Joseph Nader. And I was like telling him all the things that I was telling him I was struggling and I couldn't think and I couldn't do all these things. And he's like, David, of course you're struggling. You're going through grief. And what I realized is not only was I going through the grief of my father passing away a few months before that, I was going through the grief 
of losing my dad, my hero, from so many years ago, who I felt like didn't show up for me for those last years. It's not true. It's just how I felt. And I was lost, and I was broken. But God put people in my life. God put my wife and my mom, who like Joseph, who helped me through that time. I got counseling. I got therapy. I highly recommend therapy. And I started to work through it. And I, ha- I can't say that I'm in a good place. Obviously not. But I'm still working through it. I'm still going on that journey. And hopefully on the other side. And I know that God is going to redeem my suffering. God is going to redeem my grief. And God has already used it for the good of those who believe. One of my students, uh, her name is Haley. Uh, she's graduated now. She's actually doing a year as a mission work in Guatemala, which is incredible. Meet her, and if... And within a few minutes, she starts telling me about her stepmom who committed suicide. And because of my grief and my understanding that I hadn't had before, because I hadn't lost anybody like that, and what I was going through, God was able to put me in a place where I could help her deal with her pain and her suffering and her grief. My God did not, my dad did not pass away so I could be there for Haley. But God used that suffering. God used that pain for the good of Haley and for the good of so many others that I'll be able to touch from here forward because I can truly understand what it's like to go through pain and suffering. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, whatever grief that you're dealing with, know that God is gonna use it for the good. So that's my message for you here today. One, it's okay when you are hurting to be angry at God. Scripture is full of people crying out to God in anger. Just read the book of Lamentations. Don't rush your grief. Don't let people try to push you forward and just tell you to feel better one day. But also don't get stuck. Let people come alongside you when you're hurting, allow you to walk through that process so that you can be on the other side to that new normal of whatever is God has for you. And then know that God is gonna use the things that have gone on in your life, the good moments and the bad moments for God's glory to live it out in this world so that other people will know that they are not alone. It's one of the greatest ways that God works in our world is through you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.